0: Broadcasting from Littlehampton, UK, this is the Man Up Podcast from Sorted Magazine. Official sponsor, stangiversary.co.uk. Loading in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1.
1: Well, Happy New Year! This is Steve Lake and the Sorted Man Up Podcast, and how wonderful to have.
2: He's back, my old compadre. Oh my goodness! It's the uh, it's the return. I, the, the, the man. out do we used to do this together, Steve? We did. We went to oh. the
1: didn't we, to the Exeter Hotel? Oh, those were the do you days. Tommy in the uh, Tommy? He looked half he, in it, the kitchen.
2: He was the most lovely, lovely um, uh, uh, waiter in the world, wasn't it? And he and we got him to do. A, didn't we get him to do yeah, a session with on us? the podcast
1: mm. talking about hospitality? He was a
2: nice oh, guy. Mate. So, Which we and we commented. We said, "What you know? Whatever." Um, profession, you find someone in. It's it's massively refreshing when they they, they they're not they're, they're into it, but also they're passionate about it. And he thought it through because he thought through oh, this he? is this is how I want people to feel. You know, welcome, and I want them to feel um, comfortable because, you know, life is hard, and you know, I'm here to to yeah. to give a you know give a bit of um, relief in all the stress. And he of really life.
1: excelled in what oh, he actually, did. It was right. a little thing, serving breakfast and. And bring us cheeky little coffees into the Tregonwell Hall Room. <laughs> yeah, well, we've he got his job, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, he's here today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> come in, he brings the coffees in, leaves and walks away again. <laughs> Cheers, Tommy.
1: <laughs> so, Tony Vino, comedian, one of my favorite comedians. Oh. We've had the best on here, we've had um. Paul Carenza.
2: Yeah, what Times. a legend, Paul. He's Tim Vine, Oh, the Tim-o. He's his ace, Tim. Andy Kind. Oh, my mate, Kindy. Best man at his wedding. Were you? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. Was, that like? was there any pressure with the speech? Well, do you know what? I loved doing the speech at his uh, wedding. It was a bit like, you know, you get like a comedy roast. Because uh, <laughs> he had to just sit there and take it. It was brilliant. We did, I seem to remember, I did... Um. Um. So his his wife... Becca um was uh, was vegetarian at the time and uh, and I did this um spoof song where you know like the meatloaf I'll do anything for love yeah. and so and um, and she she was she she worked for a thing called Speak, which is a um, campaign justice campaigns organization um they basically do campaign about issues of global justice. Right. So she's working for them. So she she was really political and, and he's not at all like that. So it was the whole thing that all the things that she asked him to do to in order to, you know, he to say yes. And then eventually he's like, Yes, I'll do all of that and then she goes, But will you become vegetarian? And then the song came in. Oh wonderful. But I won't do that. <laughs> it was a good time, it's a good time. Tony totally. hey, it's good times having you back on this. We've missed you. Oh mate. I've missed I've missed being on here. It is, I mean, literally I would I would have loved to have carried on with it, but we just Found that that me living in well Manchester, you down in uh, Sweet LA, yes, uh, <laughs> down in Littlehampton, right, and um, uh, it was just too much to try and uh, do the do the do the link ups. So, but I'm it's like it's like I was here at the beginning of it, and I'm and I'm so proud that it's 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 carried on. It's gone from strength to strength. Do you know,
1: what we are growing. We regularly hit the top ten in the USA spirituality on, charts. As go not go as not. Ones, it's not just Christianity ones, it's the other ones. So oh, Craig, we'll Buddhists and yeah. Zoroastrians,
2: whatever they are. <laughs> Answers <laughs> on the post, and, and, and all those Americans that go, well, I'm spiritual but not religious, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll have them. So Tony, it's great to have you back. You'll be guest hosting over the year, so we're very excited about it. So here we are, January 2018. Any plans any resolutions? you the kind of guy who makes resolutions? Do
2: you know what? I remember years ago, there was a, there was a great one where I, th- I thought, you know, um, my New Year... Mainly to keep breathing. I think that's <laughs> my main aim for 2018. But um, my New Year's resolution is to no longer make New Year's resolutions, right? Because <laughs> I don't want to set myself up for a fall. But um, I think, I, you know... I, 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 I've, my life, I feel so blessed, you know, I've got a great family, my wife's amazing, my kids are growing, the five and seven now, and the, the loving school, and, you know, I love doing comedy, I love travelling around, I can't, it, it almost feels like, you know, sometimes resolutions are come out of things that you massively want to change, I, I mean, last year, you know, my big resolution was, you know, to become vegetarian, I've carried that on. I think I'm going to skip. I might go vegan next, but I'm going to You're leave ready. it for a. Li- I'm going to leave it for a while. So you've heard it here first. My resolution is to not yet to go vegan. Yeah, but I'm loving honestly, Steve. I'm loving being vegetarian. I'm loving it.
1: Well, even now, because I have to say to people listening, to me, <laughs> we are in a green room backstage yeah. in West Auckland, and we've opened the bag of sandwiches and they're pork yeah. roast and stuffing. And ham salad. Literally, the rider. Are you, are you literally going to take the ham and the roast no, pork. No, I'm
2: just going to. I'm just going to pass up on. So the base of the rider is is four massive meaty baps. <laughs> 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 Which two years ago I'd be I'd be singing a hallelujah chorus right now, yeah. Steve. But but now I'm um, I'm going to pass up on that, and uh, I'll just um, there's a uh, there's a there's a piece of plywood in the corner. I'll just have <laughs> a little nor on that. No, do you know what it's it. It's like every area of like, like honestly, you take out the top predator in an ecosystem, right, and then the rest of the ecosystem kind of flourishes. So I've now that I don't eat meat, right, I can really taste a potato, Steve. I can have an asparagus and go, oh my goodness, because normally meat, it's like a, it's it's a, it's a very dominant taste. Bang! It's like vegetables are the side dish, aren't they? Yes. But I'm like. Now, oh, you know, I used to go. Oh, I could, I could murder a kebab on the way home from a gig. Now, I go, oh, bit of, bit of salad, <laughs> <And potato. laughs> bit of potato. It's just like, yeah, and then, uh, yeah. I j- eat, 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 eat. So I feel like my palate has become. Wider and more sophisticated. I'm, I mean, I'm having I'm having vegetables I've never heard of before. You know, <laughs> have you ever had a kumquat? That's I know it's a fruit. Yes, I have. Actually, it's a tiny yes. little. Oh, or, I've oh, had a kumquat. Tiny
1: little thing, exactly.
2: Um The the taste of. I mean, I've got into kale as well.
1: Yeah, not a huge fan of kale.
2: All hail the kale in the Vino household, Is Steve. That true? Yeah, mate. And
1: your kids? Do your kids like
2: it? They they uh, they have to. Like, or they'll starve. I just ply them with, because my dad laughs at. Um, Was eating kale now because he he remembers because he grew up in Spain my dad and uh, they used to give kale to the cattle in his region he used to be like a he used to go he was was, it's now become like a sort of you know you know trendy superfood right because it used to be for cows that and oxen yeah hi this is Lieutenant Colombo and you are listening to the Man Up Podcast the most fun you can have without a cigar and a trench coat all right i think i've bothered you enough for today i'll let you go on and listen
1: oh oh and just one more thing enjoy the show so next up it's the brilliant andrew lancel a great friend and supporter of sorted from the early days the star of stage and screen you'll remember him from playing di neil manson In the Bill, Nasty Frank Foster, Coronation Street and um, on the stage Captain Von Trapp in The Sound of Music and he's very well known for playing Brian Epstein as well all over the country in touring shows. So we caught up with him backstage
0: in the new production of Scylla. Uh, Andy, how's the tour going? Um, It's going phenomenally well, I have to admit. It's been uh, um, what can only be described as a sensation since we opened in Liverpool, uh, which was how many weeks ago, I'm not quite sure. Um, we've got Manchester and Bradford. Then we rest until New Year, and then we take it out again next year. Um, it's just a wonderful show. It's a great th- team. Very happy company, led by this um, sensation Kara, who plays Scylla. Uh, when I was on stage with her the opening night, you kind of thought, "Was there when you know a star is born?" And uh, she is just phenomenal, and and as are the rest of the cast. It's a very it's a, it's a show full of love and hope and music, and yes, it's called Scylla, and it's about Scylla and her early days and her relationship with Bobby and Brian Epstein, um, but it's, it's a show, it's a love story, it's a love triangle, and, uh, and it's true, it all happened, and so it's great to be in this smash hit. Tell us what it's like transitioning from playing Epstein in your own show to something much bigger. I played him the first two times in the same play, which was called Epstein, the man who made the Beatles. This is called Scylla. So, you know, it's very much a snapshot, an insight, um, a greatest hits or tragic hits, as I like to call it, of his relationship with Cilla Black, um, which obviously was uh, integral in her success and also integral in his personal life. Uh, They were very close. They loved each other greatly. And uh, Brian didn't have a happy ending. We know that. Um, But the way it's been dealt with, I think, in the TV drama and this is quite unique and quite special. But this is a musical. And anything can happen in a musical and, uh, you know, you see inside Brian's head, you see him sing, you know, and um, you do see his downfall, but you see him at the height of his, you know, uh, success as well with the Beatles and Scylla, which you didn't really see uh, in the, when I played him last time.
1: Andrew, you're often very vocal about your Christian faith. Is it tough finding a church when you're out on the road touring?
0: Well, that, that's what I do. Um, you know, I have here in my dressing room, I have scripture with me and stuff that... Um, I I take everywhere with me and uh, I read from that daily. Um, As much as possible, um, I go to mass or communion uh, in whatever city I'm in. And when you're playing a number one uh, tour like this, you get to go to some beautiful venues, beautiful cathedrals, as well as tiny little uh, side chapels. So um, my church in Liverpool I don't get to as often as I'd like to because I'm travelling late Saturday night or early Sunday morning. And when I get home fall into bed with my family, including, you know, um, we have an addition now, we have a new daughter who came along in August. So, um, but the church is, you know, where your heart is and it's important for me to physically worship. But when you can't, it's nice to be able to be quiet and uh, share it if you can. You know, I don't, I never, you know, there's no secret to, uh, the last show, well, last show I did, there was a church club and the last one before that, there isn't in this one. They're all quite young and feisty and Unbelievably talented, um, but uh, they're welcome to come along whenever whenever I go. They haven't yet, but this time. The first time we met was on the set of the Bill. What was it like working on a show like that? Um, it's a long time ago now. I mean, we finished that uh, seven years ago. Um, it was great to me. Uh, it sort of gave us security and took us around the world as a family. Um, it's on every day somewhere. It seems so long ago. I don't really have much more to say about it, except that I was very grateful to it. It was very hard work. Um, I went straight into another continuing drama afterwards, which I guess I'm as well known for as as the Bill, really. You know, you do eighteen months in Corrie, seven years in the Bill, and you get more known. But and um, I'm very grateful to the Bill. He was a hard character to play, and um, you know, I, I, it's so long gone now. I can't say whether I miss it or not. What I do miss, I suppose, was the sort of input. With a character like that, and developing a character on a blank piece of paper, and it's always nice as a world premiere. It's like this is this is a world premiere. It's always nice to be the first to do a role, whereas you on TV, no one ever, no one else does it at all. So, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a good show. It was a long period. It was a, I did like 300 episodes or something. Um, can't remember any of the dialogue from any of it, but um, thankfully, it's still on.
1: As a big fan of Corey, we loved seeing you playing Frank Foster for a year and a
0: half. Um, Did you thrive on being such a bad guy? I thrived on being in Corrie. When they asked me to do it, I thought, well, someone's got to do it. I didn't know it was going to be so... I knew it would be controversial. I didn't know it would be so successful, a storyline, and I didn't know the level of fame it gives you. Um, But it was the happiest job I've ever had, probably until now, actually, probably until this job, Scylla. Um, This is a very happy team, and uh, uh, it makes a big difference when everybody gets on. And I certainly felt that in Corridor. I think the difference with Corridor Street and the bill for me was that I knew I was never staying. It was a finite gig. I went there to do a part for 18 months or whatever it was, and I finished and I went home. And um, so very, very happy job and um, not a nice man, not a nice man to play, but um, thankfully Eppy's charming and lovely. Troubled, but charming.
1: How does your faith impact your work? I mean, have you ever turned down a role because it conflicts with your beliefs?
0: None whatsoever. No, I, I get into, I've had this heated discussions at festivals and uh, testimonies and, and stuff with this because I've played obviously not very nice people. Monsters. I've also played Christians. I've also played nice people. Um, it's, uh, it's bollocks, really. I think it's a, it's a job that I play. It's a character. So, you know, if I was playing a Shakespearean murderer, no one would batter an eyelid. So, um, and also an, to an extent, I've said this before, um, when you play a controversial character, uh, or, or a character with uh, notoriety or fame, whether it's Brian Clough last year and uh, um, the Dam United, or Captain Von Trapp, or whatever it is, Frank Foster, you get a microphone and you get a you get an opportunity to talk to people, and often to go to and, and do talks at churches and uh, youth clubs or whatever. And so you don't you get more chance um, to talk about your faith than you would if you weren't playing controversial characters. So that's not why I do it. Um, I just must have that face. But I certainly will always, um, if I can, whether it's in print or word, I'll always mention my faith. And um, I think the last couple of years, the arc from um, Justin Welby and, and, and the um, uh, Church of England, and, and indeed uh, and Francis, um, I think it's a wonderful time, a very exciting time. To be with we'll these great leaders of our churches, and the call for discipleship is never more needed and prevalent. And so, if you if you say it quietly, you say it loudly. As long as you're saying it,
1: tell us about your plans for
0: 2018. Um, getting rid of this cold is a priority. Spending time with my uh, my two kids. It's funny, I was in a taxi the other day and I said "children" for the first time. I'm going home to my children. I've, only, I've had a son for nine years and now I've now got a daughter. Um, I'll be with Silla. Um, for a lot of next year and i have also be uh, halfway through something that I'm writing which is uh, quite exciting and interesting hopefully Um, so I'm not really thinking past uh, And there's there's some bits of TV which I'm going to be doing which I'm booked for but uh, the priority for me really is to get home um, every week um, watch this show grow and grow and grow and that'll probably be most of 18 for me
1: Thank you Andy uh, for your time have a great gig tonight you featured on the cover of sorted and being a huge advocate from
0: the early days what are your thoughts on the mag i used to call i used to say um uh that greenbelt the festival was sort of Glastonbury for christians a massive generalization so i think um sorted is sort of gq for christians i think it's a very cool informative magazine which is which and its thick vein all the way through it, its faith uh, I'm really fond of it. I'm honoured to have been on the front cover. And uh, I always support it and I read it every month. And I deliberately leave it in dressing rooms and green rooms and things. Um, so I'm, I'm made up to be doing this. I just wish I didn't have a cold.
2: Steve Legg brings you the best podcast every single month. It's so great. He's a great guy. No one knows more about great podcasts than me. The features, the interviews, even the adverts. It's a great show. Fantastic. Enjoy the show.
1: Right, hold on to your seats for a true VIP. It's only Luis Palau. Now, Luis is an Argentinian by birth and is quite simply an incredible man who has shared the Christian message with tens of millions of people through special events and media over the past 50 years. He's spoken in a staggering 75 countries with more than 1 million people coming to faith. Louise has authored close to 50 books, contributed articles on issues of faith to countless publications and counseled business and political leaders and heads of state around the world. When whiling away the days, months and years of the Shawshank State Penitentiary, I love nothing more than to listen to the Sordid Man Up podcast. Fear can hold you captive. Man Up can set you free. Here he is. It's Luis Palau. Luis, when did you discover your passion for sharing the Christian faith with the world?
3: Well, when my father uh, brought me up in the things of God, he was a businessman in Argentina. And uh, to me, men who were real men followed Jesus Christ, who was a real man who faced death and crucifixion without complaining because he knew what he was doing. So to me, since I was a boy, men following Christ was the most natural thing in the world. I never thought of it as they do nowadays that uh, somehow religion christianity is not for men to me i was brought up men real men follow jesus christ how did it first become a reality for you uh the first step was when my father died young he was only 34 years old i was 10 years old and he died knowing he was dying there was nothing they could do for him the doctors and he sang a song about heaven clapped his hands pointed up to heaven and said, I'm going to be with Jesus, which is better by far, quoting St. Paul. And to me, from then on, Christ is real, heaven is real, knowing that you have eternal life is a given when you know Jesus Christ. So at age 10, that's when it started. And then at age 12, at a summer camp for boys, a counselor sat me down, led me to Christ, and since then I've had eternal life now I'm a grandpa, and I've never lost the assurance of eternal life because it's the gift of God. Luis, I know your
1: father certainly had a profound impact on your life, even though you were only 10 years old when he died. As you
3: look back over your life, who else has been an important mentor to you? I have about 10. One day I made a list. As I was speaking, at had a graduation of a university, and I was getting some doctorate or something, and I thought I'd honor those who helped me. But my mother was number one together with my dad, but when he died, she was number one, discipled us by living the Christian life and trusting God in poverty. From riches, we went to poverty. Then there was Mr. Rogers, the missionary from the UK, who brought the gospel and taught us to love the gospel of John and the book of Proverbs. I can never forget that. And also going door to door, talking to people about Jesus Christ. Then number three, Mr. Cohen, Charlie Cohen, who was at our British boarding school, he was the cricket coach, and he was also taught Bible and the Book of Acts, which, since it was an Anglican school, they did teach the Gospels and the Book of Acts. And Mr. Cohen was a, an example of uh, persistence in the face of, uh, in the face of, uh, you know, a sort of a secular culture. Uh, then another two or three missionaries who helped me a lot. One of them spent three years from ages 18, 19, and 20, three years with me, basically three days a week, on our knees for three hours a day, praying, reading the Bible, and talking about evangelism. So Mr. George Marishian was his name. And then two American missionaries, they helped me. So it's a long list, but they helped me in every way to learn to read the Bible, respect the Word of God, pray, evangelize, all the basics, holiness.
1: In recent years, you've pioneered a new approach to reaching the masses with the good news. Share with us the concept of the festivals that you run.
3: Yes, we began to realize that the old model was very good because the Lord was glorified, but that uh, culturally it wasn't meeting people where they are. So two of my sons, our sons, uh, came up with the idea of going same basic model, but dressing casually, bringing contemporary musicians, using skateboarding as a way of opening doors to a subculture, because many skateboarders who are actually national champions in America testified openly about the Lord, then BMXers, motorbikes, and so on, and they do their tricks up in the air, draw a crowd, and then evangelize. So we we basically believe that anything that draws attention and gives you a chance to present the gospel is worthy. So we it took it stood away from choirs and clergy on the platform uh, to to just very casual sort of contemporary festival model of the secular sort, but it was all Christ-centered, and it's uh, been copied by about every evangelist in the world, and it's working really well. Now it's been 15 years; we may have to dream up another approach. As
1: you know, Luis, Sorted is a men's magazine.
3: Do you think it's harder reaching men than women or children? Yes and no. Uh, If you meet men where they are, sports, uh, barbecues, uh, if you do those in the UK, um, uh, uh, men having lunch together, uh, small groups of men, um, you can reach men. Men are open. But they've got to be approached in a manly way. That is, thinking like men, talking like men, being men. So it's not any harder than anything else. Men are a little slower to make a commitment than women. I would say that, just broadly speaking. I think women are more sensitive by nature to spiritual issues, it seems to me. But when a man gets it, he's really serious, and he wants to bring up his family, uh, head up his home, uh, be a leader in the home as the wives want him to be. So it's it's not easy but if you have a mind there's nothing's going to stop you to reach out men have to be talked to deeply personally alone often if they're going to admit to problems uh, sexual uh, home relationships with spouses or being feeling inept with their children but they need to be talked to privately uh, although good lectures are helpful anyway there's a lot going on as far as men how do you respond to critics who accuse Christian speakers of using manipulation and high-pressure tactics? I say that we don't. <laughs> there may be a few who play games because they're immature or just haven't thought it through. But uh, a true blue evangelist simply proclaims the good news and tells people you have to make a choice. Uh, yes or no? And we recommend yes. <laughs> you know, like I, I did on BBC many years ago, we, they called the film Hell to Pay. And you got to warn people. You don't manipulate. Very few people ever manipulate. Maybe they did it 150 years ago, but not in our generation. So I would say, no, you just tell people the facts. You shall know the truth. The truth shall set you free. If you want to hear the truth, here it is. And God, the Holy Spirit, confirms it in the conscience and in the spirit of the listener. it's just a straw man, this thing that people manipulate you or try to shove religion down your throat. I have asked thousands of people, and off the air I'm going to ask you, has anybody ever rammed Christianity down your throat? I'm 83 right now. And I've never had Christianity ran down my throat by anyone, anywhere. And I have never found anybody who said to me, yes, one, one fellow tried to jam it down my throat." It's it's just a straw man that people invent. And uh, the Holy Spirit is the one who draws people to Christ. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin. And he's more eager than you and I that people find eternal life. After all, Christ sacrificed himself to offer eternal life. So doing it enthusiastically, doing it with joy, with total confidence in the power of God, that's part of proclamation. It's not manipulation. I mean... Uh, certain uh, pushy uh, sales pitches on television or radio are much more manipulative, you know. Uh, It's all new, new, new. New toothpaste, new candy, new food. It's always new. Our old news has been around for 2,000 years, so we're not pushing anything new. It's old.
1: As you reflect on the past 50 years of your work, what routines help you to stay
3: focused? Yes, I mean, when you look back, now they're making a movie on my life, you know, and they have been forced to look back. I never wasted time looking back. I always look forward. Life is short. Go, go, go. One missionary once said, my wife told me, uh, he said, um, we have all of eternity to celebrate our victories, but only one short hour to make those victories. And so that's the way I've been. But now looking back, Yes, in your own country, you know. No prophet is without honor except in his own country, and you can see that. But to see in Argentina, where so many hundreds of thousands came, where the president wanted to talk, who was not a believer, and never talked to the Catholic archbishop, much less to an evangelist, wanted to talk when she saw the crowds. To see the media. We had television 12 hours a day, free, transmitting it all to the whole country and even the surrounding nations in South America. That was a great victory because when I was a boy, very few people listened to the good news. Very few people would claim to be Bible-believing Christians. And now to be able to speak to the nation was a great moment, you know, but it's all of God. And our duty is simply to obey. And then this famous verse, uh, he was faithful in little, Jesus said, is faithful also in much. And he who is unfaithful in little is unfaithful in much. So we're called to faithfulness, to obey. If a door opens, walk in and see what happens. And obey the Lord, and the Lord will open other doors. It's a sequence of events. And So, yes, Latin America in the last 50 years... Is now like Honduras is 51% Bible believing Christians, Guatemala 48%, Brazil many millions, although percentage wise a little less. It's just glorious to see what the good news is doing in our generation. And finally, thanks for appearing on the
1: podcast. Uh, I hope you like the magazine. What would you say to someone who reads, sorted, or listens to this podcast and who
3: isn't a Christian yet? What advice would you give them? Oh, who don't know Christ. Let me say a word to those who know Christ. First Corinthians, I think it's 16, no, 13, 16, somewhere there it says, act like men, act like men. And we know what that means if you want to know. Uh, If you're a man, a Christian man, a believer in Christ, act like a man, be a man, behave like a man, talk like a man, and honor the man, Jesus Christ. For those who don't know Jesus Christ as a man, Uh, uh, I beg you in the name of Christ, be reconciled to God. Christ died on the cross to reconcile men to Jesus Christ and to God the Father. So if you've never opened your heart to Christ as a man, bow your head and say, Lord Jesus Christ, come into my life, and I will serve you, I will follow you, even to the point of death if I have to. That's the kind of commitment that you need to make. And I made it when I was young. And I have no regrets. And I've been close to being killed (laughs) for the kingdom, literally. And I don't like the idea of being killed by any means. But once you've committed to that, everything else is a party. You know, it's just a joyful experience. So if you're a non-believer, give your life to Christ right now. Receive him into your heart and you'll become a child of God. Sonny Man Podcast. These guys are great.
2: Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. However, not as good as America will be when I am done with it.
1: Healthy friendships are important. Friends who listen, laugh, challenge and offer sound counsel.
2: Who has time for that? We do! Why not have a stagiversary? Unite both old and new friends over a day, weekend or even longer. But this time round, you set the agenda. At stagiversary, we believe in fun and adventure. But most of all, helping you to create space to rest, refuel and reconnect with the important people in your life. What are you waiting for? Visit Stagiversary.co.uk, inquire within and let us do the rest. In the latest bumper edition of Sorted magazine. Big name exclusive interviews. Hollywood A-listers. TV adventurer Bear Grills. Inspirational true life stories. Adrenaline-fueled sports features. All this plus gadgets, entertainment, motoring, movies, and technology. Plus probably the greatest team of Christian writers ever assembled. Available now from high street retailers nationwide.
1: Or visit sortedmag.com. Sorted. For men. For life. Right, our first one is almost done, but uh, let's hear a little bit more from my great pal, Tony Vino. So, of course, Tony, we've loved having you as a contributor in the magazine. You're it, one of these guys, you write funny as well. You're really funny writing, you're not just a great act. Oh, thanks,
2: Steve. Yeah, I, do, I, I kind of write as I perform. I like to keep the the, the sentences tight and uh, you know and, and make it punchy. So, yeah, that's... that's I've really... It's, writing for Slaughter Magazine has been a... Really um, good discipline as well because I've 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 kept the you know the article short. They've got to stay to five hundred words, haven't they? And so to get in at a point, to get um, a thought through, but also to get um, you know the jokes and, and a sort of narrative. It's it, it's a real discipline, and actually it's been the basis of. Quite a few routines as well. So, thank you for the opportunity. Well,
1: mate, any time.
2: So, January, February, you're talking about beards. <laughs> yes. Enlighten us, mate. Well, you know, first of all, that your is going to well, people are going to have to buy the magazine to, to get the, the full. bullet I'll give a trailer. You know, this <laughs> January <laughs> in Swordy Magazine, Tony Vino's talking about beards and the idea that um, uh, uh, you know, like that kind of potency of you know beards. Even however much we clean shave our face, right, the moment that the razor leaves your face, your beard starts growing back, and it's like that. There's that, you know, the outward s- side of ourselves, which is the bit where we get ready, we, sh- we have a shower and a shave, and then we present ourselves to the outside world, but there's that raw, primal, um, you know, inner wild man coming to the self. And, I, and, and I, I quite like that. That's why I, I, um, I stick with proper, proper old-school... Um, Razors, I go right. I don't know about you, Steve, but I go for Bic, right? Bic disposable. That's cheap. It's cheap, but but you know you don't, you never need to worry about. I forgot my razor because the it's like I think it's about forty two for a pound, and it's brilliant, right? But and what I like is the the good because Bic, the company. Only do two things. They do disposable rabuses <laughs> and they do biros, right? Black biros. Which is good because with one, you can shave your moustache off and then if you regret your decision, use the pen to just draw it back on again.
1: I love <laughs> the way you're thinking. Yes, mate. And do you literally use it once and throw it away? Um, w- you I, I reckon actually, can... I used to wear daily disposable contact lenses and I thought if I look after these, I can wear these <laughs> a couple of days
2: in a row. I get a couple of. The problem with the big ones, they rust. <laughs> After about two, seconds. so I, I get about three three sessions out of out of a big uh, razor. But the problem is, right? I have them on the side, right? And I think, oh, I've only used that big razor once. And then I come to it, and uh, and, I, and and without knowing, my wife's used it for a, for her legs, oh. and I, I my cheek comes off. <laughs> Unbelievable, mate! <laughs> I've lost too many faces that way.
3: Hey, this is Sylvester Stallone, and I play it tough. You're listening to the Sorted Man Up Podcast. This is what we do.
1: Well, that's about it for now. hope you've enjoyed the first podcast of 2018. A huge thank you to my special guest, Tony Vino, legend Andy Lancel. And, of course, the, the amazing Louis Palau. Do check out them a little bit more, their books, their resources, their tours, etc. They'll bless you and others that you share them with. Until next time... This is Steve Leg and friends on the Sorted Man Up podcast. Encourage your mates to subscribe, download, share on Facebook, Twitter, leave us some nice feedback and help us get the word out. Till next time, see ya. That was the Man Up podcast. They'll be back.
0: You've been listening to the Man Up podcast from Sorted Magazine. Recorded, edited and delivered by FlagshipRecording.com.